Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you have joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby and at Supernatural Leadership Podcast and or visit kingdomculture.ca or seangaby.com for more engaging content around topics we will be discussing. As well, you would love it if you would leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. If you are new with us today, just want to inform you that we will be releasing a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month and every so often a bonus episode. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are so many great leadership podcasts out there and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why supernatural leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle as we discuss in episode one. The very first episode of this podcast really sets the tone for the why and purpose for this podcast. I would encourage you to have a listen if you haven't already. Simply put, we believe everyone has a leader within them at some capacity. Whether you're a CEO, non-for-profit director, media mogul, church leader, pastor, small business owner, manager of teams, a dad, a mom, and well, the list could go on. If everyone has a leader within them, why not make that leader a little more supernatural? That's the heart and goal behind this podcast, helping you connect your natural with God's super, making your leadership a little more supernatural. At the end of every episode, there will be practical activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in the various areas discussed. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of our Supernatural Leadership Podcast. My name is Sean Gaby and I'm so thankful that you have stopped by and have been tuning in or are tuning in for the first time. If it is your first time, please subscribe, like, share, and let us know uh, what you think about it. Rate it, review it. We love to hear what people are feeling and how they're impacted from this podcast. And please feel free to DM me on social media, especially on Instagram, at Sean Gaby. And yes, I now have a TikTok and you can find me at Sean Gaby as well and as well as Facebook. So please let me know how this podcast has impacted your life and leadership. I love to hear about it. I love hearing all the other stories, uh, just even from reading some of the reviews and hearing people uh, on social media. Let me know how this podcast has shaped or reshaped their leadership. So today for episode 15, yes, episode 15, we're going to be talking about a topic that might actually be two parts. I'm not sure yet, so track with me here. It might be two parts. It may just be one, depending. Uh, I might go a little longer. I may not. Who knows? You'll know by the time you see the minutes in this podcast before you even listen to it. You've already figured out how long it is. But hey, we're going to dive into this. I want to talk about a subject that I feel like is absolutely just so important in this season, especially in this season. And it's the, the subject of leading through loss, leading through loss. And like I said, it's such an important topic in this season. Um, but to be honest, probably one of the most important areas of leadership 
that we need tools for in every season, not just one like this, but in every season. And of course, when I say one like this, I mean a global pandemic that we st- we still, as a world, as at least much of the world is still experiencing, not just the aftermath of, the residue of, but we're still living in, especially if you are in Ontario on the East Coast, which is where I live in Canada, we are still technically on some form of a quarantined lockdown. Um, If you haven't already listened to episode 10, Pandemic Perspectives, I really would encourage you to do that. I feel like this uh, episode really is, uh, can, can kind of piggyback off of that episode, episode 10, Pandemic Perspectives, really positioning yourself in this season to have a perspective during this pandemic that's healthy and empowering for your leadership. So have a listen, let us know what you think. I think there has not been a time in our lifetime and the generation before us where it feels like there has been so much global loss. I mean, from the loss of ground in areas of social justice to our economy, to jobs, community, the relational health of our culture, good businesses, whether mom and pop shops or big business. It feels like, honestly, our culture has just been laced, if I can use those words, with loss. And this is true for so many people. And for others, it's also been a time of gain. Either either way, whatever side of the pandemic coin you find yourself on, both have to at some point and are still working through uh, and dealing with the loss at some level. Let me just say this. I do believe we all have a choice in how we handle loss. We can either leverage the loss or live in the liability of it. Let me say that again. We can either leverage loss or live in the liability of the loss. Now, if you are a leader and have been uh, one for some time, you either are or somewhat are already acquainted with loss. This word is like a, a brand over your life. You're, you're used to it. You're familiar with it. Maybe you don't handle it the same way you used to in your, let's call it green leadership days. When you're green, you're new, you're fresh as a leader. We sometimes don't know how to navigate uh, loss. But if you've been around for some time, you are probably really well acquainted with loss within your leadership and learning how to handle it and deal with it and lead through it. The reality of it is loss and leadership, I believe, absolutely go together, whether relationally in business, in the not-for-profit sector, and or church life. At some point, you will have experienced the pain of loss, not just loss, but the pain of loss, because I believe that there is pain usually attached to uh, every form of loss at some level. Now, loss can either be, like I said earlier, a liability or or can be leveraged depending on our ability to see redemption and or the potential reasons behind it. And by reasons, I mean much of the loss that we go through in our life has refining abilities for our character and our leadership. Now, tragic loss, of course, of a loved one stands in a totally different category altogether and, of course, is dealt with very different, but all the more still has the ability to allow us to become better humans, loving and appreciating life at a whole new level. That's why at funerals, people tend to leave them, reevaluating what really matters in life, no matter who we try to blame for what we go through. In the end, life will and always will happen. It will happen to you. Life will throw curveballs at you. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the expression, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. 
life is short, so we might as well make lemonade as much as possible. I mean, it's pretty good drink after all, but here's the thing. We can't always choose what happens to us, but we can definitely choose what happens next in our response. We can either get, I love this, and you've heard this before probably, we can either get bitter or we can get better by handling loss the right way. And I believe this is the supernatural leadership way. Let me say that again. We can either get better or bitter by handling loss the right way, the supernatural leadership way. I believe it's so important that we get a hold of healthy leadership when we lead through loss and healthy leadership looks like getting better and not bitter uh, by handling loss the right way. So today we're talking about leading through loss. It's tough, plain and simple because grief is often associated with it. I mean, even if it's good loss, let me just say this, even if it's good loss, not only when it's bad and by good, I mean, when you can see the good out of it as it's happening. It's good loss when you can actually, in the middle of it, see, oh, I can see what is going to come out of this, the good that's going to come out of this. Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean you don't go through a grieving process. But good loss often is when you can see it when it's happening, not just hindsight, because often hindsight is twenty twenty. After you've gone through it, the pain of it, the grieving process that loss often brings, uh, we go through it, we look back and say, wow, I'm thankful because look at what it did. It, it, you know, I'm a better individual now because of it. This is maybe five years later or, you know, that, that person had to transition out because they just didn't fit our culture. But when you're in the middle of it, you don't always have a perspective. So it feels bitter or it feels hard. It feels painful. But when you can get a perspective and you you have a perspective, there's something good coming out of it. It's, it turns that loss into something that can be leveraged, not just after the fact, but while you're in it. So you can actually manage it effectively and in a healthy way. Um, and either way, I mean, uh, on, on every level, when you go through loss, you're going to experience some form of grieving process. I was watching a movie recently, actually. I think it was actually a superhero movie, which are some of my favorite movies. And one of the characters, I can't remember what movie it was, but one of the characters said loss has a way of changing you. And although I, you know, I know that to be true, we know that to be true. Sometimes when you hear it said in a specific context, context, knowing, you know, how the movie plays out, it's true. Loss does have a way of changing you. And I believe we can replace the word loss here for grief. Grief has a way of changing you. As I, like I said earlier, I don't really think we can separate grief and loss. They often go together or some form of pain uh, when we go through loss. Even if, like I said, it's good loss, there's there's still usually somewhat of a grieving process that takes place. A staff member isn't working out, and we have to let them go, or you know, you know, and there's a there's a grieving a grieving process in that. While they may not have been a good fit for the organization or the business or whatever, uh, we we may have grew fond of them over time, and. And or now someone else has to pick up the slack until someone new comes along. And this equals and means there's some sort of grieving process, pain that comes with it. Somebody is experiencing some form of pain, stretching, tension, 
because of loss. Even if it's good loss, there's still an element, which I'm trying to bring home today uh, in this episode, there's still some element of grieving that has to go on. So we have to learn the tools on how to learn to lead through loss when it sucks, when it's painful, when it's hard. Um, Someone always pays the price at some level in this you know, recent example I just gave uh, could be the coworkers or management picking up the slack. It feels like something. So not all losses is fairies and and you know butterflies. There is an element of challenge that goes comes into play every time. Okay, so we need the tools to learn to lead through loss. I heard a very well respected global leader say this actually in a podcast. He said this. He said, "Good employees leave bad managers." not good organizations. He said, good employees leave bad managers, not good organizations. And while this is true, I would also say that good employees also leave good managers and good organizations if God has called them out. Now, I'm just adding a little bit of the supernatural dimension in this context and in this quote because there are times when you can be the best leader you can be, um, the best organization, healthy on all fronts, and still people leave. It doesn't mean that it's always bad. It doesn't mean that something's wrong. It could just be that, hey, this person, it was time for them to transition out. And, uh, you know, life was calling, God was calling, because we believe God speaks today. God was transitioning them out, not because you were bad, but because there was something better for them somewhere else. Okay, so we we need need to understand that we can't always uh, uh, live in this space of blame that if someone leaves, it's because because my business model, my not-for-profit, my church, my leadership sucks at some level or is wrong. Uh, Sometimes people leave for the right reasons, and those reasons being God calling them out somewhere else. Now, let me just phrase it this way. We don't lose just because something is wrong. We lose sometimes because something is right. Let me say that again. We don't lose just because something is wrong. We lose sometimes because something is wrong is right. And I want to set some people free here right now that are listening, leaders out there, leaders of churches, pastors, business leaders, you know, not for in the not-for-profit world in government, management positions, family. You can't just always blame yourself. Yes, you can learn from everything. I believe there's something good. There's a silver lining. There's something good in every hard situation. And so Even if it is good, let's just say even if God does call these people or this person on and it's still painful and you feel like you did your best job, you can still find something to learn out of it and become better. Become better as a leader, become better as a husband, become better as a a wife, a spouse, become better as a, you know, a manager of teams, a better pastor, leader, whatever the case may be, whatever you're called to, there's something good that can come out of it. But it doesn't mean it's not still hard to deal with. In the end, because grief is often associated with all forms of loss, there can be still damaging effects on our personal lives if we don't manage it. 
And I have to say this because uh, although, you know, like I just said, it could be a good thing that they go and it's still hard for us. We have to be aware that grief does bring potential damage to our lives if we do not manage it. I mean, you can do there's all kinds of studies out there on the damage that grief can bring to our lives if it's not managed in a healthy way, physically, emotionally, mentally, behaviorally. I mean, for example, we can lose our appetite, all of a sudden stomach aches, headaches and so on. You know, it affects our emotions, feelings, feelings of sadness and anger can begin to take over uh, because of undealt with or unprocessed pain as a result of the grief of the loss that we're going through as a leader, maybe mentally, all of a sudden you can't concentrate, um, you you lose, you know, memory, you, you just can't think clear anymore. And even behaviorally, we, we can begin to behave in ways that are out of our character because of the stress that we are going under or are under as a result of the grief because of the loss. Now, here's the thing. In the end, we as supernatural leaders want it to change us for the better. I want to bring that home. We want loss to change us for the better. We want to get better, not bitter. So as I've already mentioned, loss can be hard, can turn to grief, but don't forget loss can also turn into gain. Loss can also be something that turns into a gain in our life. I think the goal of every healthy supernatural leader is to eventually turn all loss and grief into some sort of gain where loss becomes leveraged to our advantage. I know I sound like a broken record, but I really want to bring this home over and over again in today's episode. I love what the scripture says. Let's go to the scripture for a second. The Bible and the book of John, okay, talks about how God is the vine dresser. We as people, if we are in connection with Jesus, if we are in connection in relationship, we've led him to be, we've led him into our life. He's the Lord over our life. He speaks of us as the branches. And then Jesus in this scripture, I'm going to read in a second in John 15 is the vine. Okay. He's the vine. He's like the tree. Okay. He's the vine. So in John 15, chapter 15, verse two, I'm going to read it out of the passion translation says this, he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield, listen to this, a greater harvest. Not just a harvest, a greater harvest. So right now, maybe you're producing great fruit in your business, great fruit in your church, great fruit in your organization. Things are multiplying. You feel like you're you're just killing it on all sides, and whatever leadership or uh, position of leadership you find yourself in, you just feel like things are moving forward. And then all of a sudden, loss starts to happen. And you wonder, okay, is this something that I did? Something that I didn't do? Uh, am, I, am I a bad leader? Am I creating an unhealthy environment or culture? Not necessarily. Like I said, like I said earlier, sometimes there is, you can be all good on all fronts and there's still loss still happens because of something right that you are actually doing. In this context, I love it. It says that he props up the fruitless ones, but he also prunes every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. So even the ones that are producing lots of fruit, doing really good, he comes and prunes. What's pruning? It's loss. Losing something that you have currently as a branch, losing a part of something that you're connected to that you've produced, you're losing it, you're losing it so that you can yield an even greater harvest. Because sometimes right now, 
your current success will block your future success. Let me say that again. Sometimes our current success will block our future success. So here you are a branch producing good success, good fruit. And if you don't lose some of this fruit, you will not uh, see the future. You will not see the future fruit, the more the abundance that you're called to see because you're too occupied with the current present fruit. So sometimes that fruit has to be pruned pruned back. That branch has to be pruned back so that that future success can be unblocked, okay? Now, I want to go through four things today. I want to go through, I know that was a little bit of a long introduction. I want to go through four things, and if we have time, I want to give you four key, I think we'll have time, four key attitudes um, that we need to have in uh, these four elements that we all go through when we lead through loss um, to help us overcome and help us move forward, help us to have a winning Attitude. So there are four key things that I believe that we go through. Of course, there's lots of other things here, but I'm going to highlight four key elements or areas that we go through loss when we go through loss as a leader that affects us personally. And then I'm going to give you uh, a winning attitude in the midst of that key, in the midst of that highlight, so that we have a perspective to overcome uh, when we get hit with loss. Number one, write this down. First thing, first thing that we often get hit with when we go through loss as a leader is the loss of identity, the loss of identity. Now, I'm not talking about losing our, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a follower of Jesus and you're in relationship with Jesus, we know that we find our identity in Jesus and in him alone. But the reality is, okay, the reality of it is, we also find, and this is just humanity, okay, and there's extremes and the pendulum has to stay in balance, but in times in our life, we realize very quickly what else we find our identity in when we lose something that is very precious to us or something that has value to us because we often also connect our identity to things we care about. So and we often we often don't know that until we lose it. That's why people when they they can say, oh, they they you know they know Jesus and they're in relationship with Him and they're a solid leader and they have they found their identity in Jesus. But then when they lose a relationship that's valuable to them, or they lose a business that they cared about and built from the ground up, or they go bankrupt, or something happens and they lose that thing that they cared so much about, they realize very quickly how much identity they actually found in that thing because humanity often finds identity in what we find value in or some form of worth, okay? And uh, I, you know, I, I, I believe this with all my heart. I mean, Colossians 3, verse 3, I mean, I believe that we are to find all of ourselves in all of Jesus. Let me just read it to you. For you died to this life. It says Colossians 3 verse 3. Paul writes this. For you died to this life and your real life. Okay. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Powerful statement. Is Paul insinuating that we have a fake life? We have a false life? Absolutely. A false life. A life really not lived is a life without Jesus at the center. We were created to be adopted. We were created to be or predestined, Ephesians said. Paul also said in Ephesians, we are predestined to be adopted as sons 
and or daughters, it's not gender specific, into the family of God. We were always destined for this. We were always, whether you choose Jesus or not, you were predestined to know him, but you still have a choice. And so there is a false life that we can live life uh, by or through. There's a false sense of identity, finding our worth in things and material possessions and money and, 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 you know, uh, relationships or things that we do. And there's an element of all of us where we will always find some sort of value and worth in those things. I mean, of course, you're going to feel pain when you lose it. But ultimately, Paul is trying to encourage us as leaders, as believers in Jesus, to remember that we died this way. We died to this old false sense of living, finding our value and worth in things and in this world. And our real life truly is hidden with Christ in God. So if you want to find you, find Jesus. That's what he was saying. If you want to find you, find the real version of you, find Jesus who created you, the real version of you, uh, in the very beginning of time. And that's why the Bible talks about in John 3 that we must be born again. Why would we need to be born again? Because there's a version of us when we're first born that uh, is not the the God version of us. It's not the, the version of us that God created us to be until we let Jesus in and have that born again experience. Okay, now. I don't want to give you a whole theological breakdown on this scripture, but it's very important that we understand at the forefront, I, you know, I believe 100% we find our identity in Jesus, okay? Um, but I'm also talking about this reality that we all face when we lose something we love we realize very quickly that we also found identity in that thing or in that person or in that organization at some level. Now, I know for me, bring you into my personal journey a little bit. Um, You know, in for years, we had an amazing, this is for our church body, our church organization, our not-for-profit. We did amazing things in the city, in this one area of the city. We had a a pretty big commercial uh, leased venue that we had for years. And uh, in 2015, the end of 2015, we were given notice that we had two months to leave because Costco had actually worked out a deal with our the owners of our, our whole complex. We were in a massive 200,000 square foot complex and uh, that we all had to be out. All the tenants had to be out within two months. And so here we are, you know, major momentum. I am like, I feel like it was the most fruitful year in ministry. Uh, up to that date, most fruitful year ever. Amazing things were happening. We had uh, doubled in size in nine months. Uh, we just we think amazing things were happening. And uh, all of a sudden, we have to be out in two months. And I felt like in that moment, as even though I was excited about it, I was all in. When it actually came to losing it, and it actually came, we it actually came to like losing the building and we were out. Now we were in, uh, we were homeless as an organization. We had no offices. We had no place to consistently meet. We had to, we had 13, we ended up having 13 venues in three years. Um, and that's a lot of instability for uh, a church body. And especially at that time, we were, we were pretty big in size and it was really hard to maintain trust in that season. We did, had no idea what we were doing, had to prepare in two months to become a mobile organization. You know, most churches start out 
uh, using other people's venues, using high schools and using uh, various venues around the city, concert halls, theaters, and then they get a building. Well, we had the opposite. We had a building for years. We lost it and had to start all over again. We went through loss. And I remember after about probably a three or three or five months, somewhere in the three to five months after we lost the building, I realized how much identity I lost, that I had attached my worth, my value as a leader, my success to something material, something that uh, I had in my possession. And I wasn't fully finding it in that space in ministry in Jesus, not because I'm a bad leader, but just because you get mixed up. You get so used to the comforts of the building and the conveniences and you, you start to trust more in the conveniences and the comforts than you do in the comforter. And uh, obviously, you know, I, I wasn't aware of it until I lost it. I lost it. I'm like, oh my gosh, God, like you're, you're doing a whole new thing in me. I didn't know that I was attaching some of my identity to what I had, to the place, the geographical location, the stability. I was putting a lot of trust in all of that and missing some of that with you. And we have to go through these things as leaders. Listen, no leader on the planet has arrived and you're going to keep going through things so that you can grow up into the leader that you were always created to be. Every loss, every challenge, every obstacle has a design to make you a better leader. It's your choice, choice whether you learn whether you choose to lean into that or not. I love the scripture in Psalms 105 verse 19 talking about Joseph. It says God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. Now, Joseph, I'm not going to go through the whole story. Joseph at 17 had crazy dreams to be uh, an incredible supernatural leader. And he went through years, decades of challenge and um, pushback and obstacles, betrayal, rejection and loss on every side so that God, it says here, God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. Joseph kept going through character transformation so that when it was time for his dreams to come to pass, pass his character could actually uphold or handle and support the amazing purpose and plan that was always created for him to fulfill. So, In this whole process, I wanted to say this, that the winning attitude that I want to bring into this, when we go through loss and lose our identity as leaders or parts of our identity as leaders, we need to have a grieving to gaining attitude, a grieving to gaining attitude. If we can get a grieving to gaining attitude, we can see the value and the purpose of what God's doing in my character. In this season, I'm going to see it not as just a loss anymore. I'm going to see it as a gain, a gain for my character. You know, Romans 5 talks about how we, when we endure through problems and trials, we have then a strength of character. And when we have a strength of character, it revives or it renews a confident hope in our salvation. The more you endure, the stronger your character becomes. And when your character becomes strong, confidence happens. And when confidence happens, guess what? Gain follows. So if we can get a grieving to gaining attitude, when we're losing in seasons of our leadership and we feel like we're losing parts of ourselves, our identity, 
we will come on the other side of it stronger, bigger, better. I mean, chickens go through what is called uh, a molting or a shedding season around autumn. So actually around this time right now where they begin to shed their feathers so that a new set of feathers can grow. And they usually stop, you know, laying eggs in this in this season before molting begins or the shedding begins Often there's a pause in one area when there's a loss in other areas. This is what happens to even us as humans, not just chickens. Um, But the things that cause molting often in chickens are three main factors. And one, it could be exhaustion and and or sickness. Uh, when When their laying cycle is completed, that means they're they are done laying eggs for a while and or reduced lighting. In other words, it's time for a new season. These three things happen, but really they're all signals that it's time for a new season for this chicken. And hopefully they can go through it without dying and come out stronger, better and, uh, and reproduce all their feathers back so they can get back to laying eggs. Now, I believe this is applicable to our lives. These are these three main factors that I just, I just, uh, I just mentioned could be illustrated within our lives. We go through seasons of exhaustion. We go through seasons where our body begins to shut down and we need to just lose a little bit, lose a little bit so we can gain. It's kind of like this quarantine season. Some of us, we're already exhausted. We're already sick, whether it was physically or emotionally. And this season has put a pause on so many things to allow people to get better. It's like a molting, a forced molting season. Uh, or maybe their laying cycle was completed. This is another reason why chickens go through molting. Their laying cycle is completed. Maybe you feel like you've completed a season and now it's time to move on to a new season. And or maybe another reason is reduced lighting. Maybe uh, you felt like it's been a hard season. It's been a dark season. And in this season, you feel like you've just lost your your bearings, so to speak. Well, let me just tell you, it's a prophecy. It's time for a new season. The light will shine again. You'll move through this, but you have to let the process play out so that you can get stronger. And I feel like I went through uh, a leadership molting when I lost our building as an organization. And I felt like it was the hardest thing, one of the hardest things I would have to say, because in that, you know, also comes betrayal, the loss of friends, the loss of all kinds of things, because you just lose. And I'm going to continue on this in this journey of leading through loss. You lose a lot of other things as well in processes like this. When you begin, God begins to focus on shaping your identity. I just want to say this to some of you out there. I believe that many of you listening are probably going through or have gone through during this pandemic, during this quarantine season, some sort of molting season yourself. The good news is, is that you will come, you will come out stronger than you went into this season because you let yourself go through it, no matter how much, how hard it is for you. The second area that we lose when we lose in leadership is we have, we go through a loss of confidence often. And the identity piece really connects to this because when we start losing what we find value in, we also lose confidence because we wonder, is it my fault? Like, could I have done something different? Like, uh, should I, should I change? And yes, of course you should change. You should never stay the same. But in this process, we fight often losing confidence because when we lose 
in life, we may lose loyalty. We may lose people, people that we poured our lives into. I know as a leader, I mean, the whole life of a leader is pouring yourselves into other people. And sometimes you, you, you know, you, it's painful to go through um, times in our leadership where we pour our lives into somebody and then all of a sudden they just, they leave because there's something better on the horizon. Even, even if it's good, even if you know it's a God thing and they're called to move on to this business, this new business in the same city or this new church or this new organization or this new thing, this new job, and you've poured your life into them, even as a staff member or whatever the case may be, even if you know it's a good thing and it's for the better, uh, betterment of your organization and or their life, it still is hard and you might lose a piece of your confidence. Like, did I do something wrong? And like I said earlier, we have to choose to get bitter not better. And that is the attitude that I want to bring into this point to win through losing confidence in our leadership is we need to have a better, not bitter attitude, a better, not bitter attitude. You know, years ago, years ago, I woke up and I know this is a supernatural leadership podcast. So we're talking about supernatural things. And, and I believe that God still speaks audibly today. It's happened to me probably uh, on the, the amount of fingers I have on my hands only in the last 18 years. But I remember years ago, I woke up to an audible voice speaking this word to me. And it was so powerful. I thought it was a proverb. I thought it was some sort of thing that maybe I had read somewhere, but it was so loud. It woke me up out of a sleep. I heard these words say, the bitter taste of the sweet almond will be the sound of your deliverance. That's what I heard. It was like so powerful. It was a riddle, really. The bitter taste of the sweet almond will be the sound of your deliverance. And after about three weeks, I, I literally, I, it, was, it was a riddle. And this is often how God spoke to his prophets in the Old Testament. We see it in, in Numbers. We see it lots of places in Scripture. But we definitely see God address it in Numbers chapter 12, verse 8. And he's talking to Moses and he says, you know, about, or he's talking about Moses. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. Dark sayings, another word for dark sayings is riddles, okay? Um, riddles. And so this, uh, what God was saying in this in this passage was, was that he, he spoke to Moses in a special way, but everybody else, he used, you know, visions, he used dreams, and he used riddles, okay? So this was a riddle. I, I spent three weeks really trying to figure this thing out. I just kept repeating it. The bitter taste of the sweet almond will be the sound of your deliverance. The bitter taste of the sweet almond will be the sound of your deliverance. Kept saying it over and over and over again. And then over a series of of events, through a series of events and through time, uh, God began to speak to me out of number 17 about the, uh, the almond and about what the almond represent and how the almond represent leadership. Now I'm not going to go through this, this whole, the whole story, the context just for time, but you can read it in numbers and it talks about how, uh, you know, there is a wrestle over whether or not Moses and Aaron or especially Aaron was to be the, the leader with Moses and, you know, why, why, what's so special about Moses and Aaron anyways. And they were complaining about leadership. And, and so God said, basically God gave instructions to Moses that whosoever rod 
in the tent of meeting, which was the place where God met with Moses along with Aaron, or in the future, it was also Joshua. But the the tent of meeting, which was the tent where God met face to face with Moses, they were to put a, a rod that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And they're going to put 12 rods and and the word was whoever's rod buns, buds ripe almond blossoms is a confirmation of their leadership. And it was Aaron's rod and it was a confirmation of the Aaronic priesthood. And I don't have time to get into this, but God began to speak to me about how this riddle that he gave me was all about leadership and that in leadership, there's both bitter and sweet. Remember, it was the bitter taste of the sweet almond. It's sweet. Leadership is sweet. The outcomes are sweet. The overflow is sweet. The the consequences or, you know, and I want to say consequences, the good, the good things that come out of good leadership is sweet, but it often tastes bitter. It often feels hard. It often feels challenging. And if you can move through the bitterness, you will get to the sweetness of it. And as you go through this process from bitter to sweet, there will be a deliverance in your life. And this is something that continues to happen every season of your spiritual life in the area of your leadership. So this is why loss is actually very important because it actually develops you. It changes you. It shapes you, transforms you. And I know for myself that this has been not just a a riddle for one season of my life. Yes, it was for that season, the beginning of that season, but it has echoed over and over again on repeat throughout my leadership over the last 18 years. Every time I'm going through a hard season of loss, I have to choose to get bitter and not, or better, not bitter. When I'm losing confidence, which is what we're talking about right now, I have to choose to let God do what he wants to do in my leadership. I know the process is bitter, but there's a sweetness on the other side of it. So, so important. And we can continue to develop that point, but just for time's sake, I want to, I want to move on to the third area of loss that we all go through as leaders. And it's the loss of momentum. And this is where we often feel stuck and we just want to throw in the towel. You know, we lose identity. We lose something that we find value in. We realize that, man, I haven't been finding my identity in the right place. We lose um, confidence as a result of that. Then we lose momentum. We feel like the rhythm, the routine, the flow has just stopped. Everything has stopped and we feel stuck now. We don't know what to do. And I believe that the attitude that we need within this area of loss, the loss of momentum, the winning attitude that we need to lead through loss as a supernatural leader is having a mess to momentum attitude where we can turn this mess into new momentum. We can turn this mess into something, into something so powerful that will change the game for my leadership. But we have to get through this part of wanting to give up, wanting to throw in the towel, wanting and choosing just to say, you know what, I'm going to hold on. Because often when we lose momentum, we still have momentum in other areas. We just have are failing to see it. Sometimes the momentum that we lose is actually momentum that will either rob us of future momentum or is robbing us right now of momentum. Sometimes momentum, the way we have it right now, is wrong momentum. That's why, you know, it says back to John 15, verse 2, when I first dove into this whole thing, even times where things are good, God comes and prunes 
There's loss that happens so that we can yield an even greater harvest. So you think you have momentum now and you feel like you lost it. You want to give up. This pandemic has thrown you a curveball. You feel like everything has stopped all the flow, all the quarterly goals that you had set out for yourself that you were reaching up until March of 2020. All of a sudden now are it like in the trash can. You feel like you lost it all. I wonder, I wonder if there's a greater harvest to be yielded on the other side of this pandemic and if there was wrong momentum that had to stop in the last season so the right momentum can start in the next one. Because sometimes we get so caught up in the hamster wheel of momentum and don't realize that we're actually running on the wrong track. We're in the wrong lane. We're on the wrong hamster wheel to begin with. And so sometimes life has to happen. God's so good. He's so redemptive. He'll step in. He'll intercept the 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 pause on life and say, God, I say to you, I'm good. And I'm going to bring a redeeming, redemptive work out of this situation to restore, to renew, to re-energize your leadership. And so sometimes we need to shut off some old ways so we can adopt uh, some new ways. And like I said, what if we had momentum in the wrong areas? And this is a season where God is trying to get our attention, okay? So it's very important. We have a mess to momentum attitude during moments when we feel like we've lost. I can't tell you how many times in my leadership where I feel like I just wanted to throw, I wanted to throw in the towel. I was done. It's just too hard. Um, this is just, it's just too painful. You know, I feel like I'm losing identity. I'm lost confidence. And now I'm like, I don't even know how to get this thing rolling again. I feel like I, maybe it was me. Maybe it was all my fault. Maybe it was life. I don't know. Sometimes we try to find something to blame. I know for me as a leader, I'm often my worst enemy and I blame myself probably more than anything else. Something's wrong with me. And I think there's a good, good, healthy, um, dynamic to that, but it can get unhealthy very quickly if you don't also see the other variables in a healthy way. I mean, listen, Jesus, who the, who was the greatest prototype for leadership out there, went through major loss. I mean, you could say that Jesus lost all momentum. When he went to the cross, he built three and a half years of momentum with his disciples, mentoring 12 people, one of them, and one of them was Judas who betrayed him. So really 11 kind of after everything, you know, so 11 people mentoring them and even more, obviously the crowds, the 70, I mean, he was doing this stuff. I mean, the word was spreading. It was the best social media marketing campaign on the planet. People just kept sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing and word spread and people were just, I mean, there was a movement. There was momentum happening in Jesus's time when he was on the earth training his disciples. The sick were being healed. The dead were being raised. The demons were being cast out. Lepers were being cleansed. Today's leprosy, modern day leprosy is the COVID patients were being healed of their COVID symptoms. I mean, just craziness, awesomeness was happening when Jesus was uh, was still alive. Then he dies. Guess what? All momentum stops. In fact, it stopped so much that all of his disciples kind of forgot for a moment everything that he prepared them for and went back to their old way of living. But this is the thing, you know, we as humans or Jesus, if he wasn't a resurrected body, could have said to himself, man, what did I do? I made a big mistake. Yes, he was God, also fully human. He could have said, you know, that was a big mistake. I just invested my life for three and a half years in these people and they all went back to their old way of living. No, it was just... There was a pause. There was a, 
There was a spiritual pandemic that God chose uh, to, to create so that a new momentum could happen. Because what had happened prior to Jesus dying and resurrecting could not look like what needed to happen post-Jesus dying and resurrecting. It had to look different. And so sometimes the momentum that you have right now has to stop so you can find your feet and your footing for the new momentum that God wants to create. So if we could have a mess to momentum attitude, we can turn any mess into new momentum if we can just get a hold of seeing uh, with eyes of the supernatural again. I, you know, this little plug for one of our, I think one of the, I think it was the second or third podcast I did talking about, you know, seeing, how do we see? Well, listen to that episode. It will really help you for this point when you're going through a loss of momentum and feel stuck. So all that to say is sometimes good momentum is not God's momentum for the season that we are in. So this is something that we all go through as leaders. The fourth and last point, last area that that I want to highlight that we all go through as leaders when we're going through loss is the loss of vision, the loss of vision. And with this comes a loss of hope often. Because, you know, a loss of vision can all, usually, usually is an overflow of grief not handled properly. And obviously this runs congruent through every point that I just said, a loss of vision. We come to a place, we've lost momentum now. Well, I'm just, I've lost all hope now. Everything I once valued, everything I once believed for in is just gone. People often go through this when they go bankrupt. It doesn't always last forever. I mean, people go through their seasons, six months, three months, a year, maybe it's a couple of years and they come back out of it come back out of sort of what feels like a cave of isolation, stronger, better, bigger, you know, more faith and they're ready to go again. But it takes some time and it didn't necessarily have to take that long, but maybe because they didn't have these tools. They didn't have the Supernatural Leadership Podcast when they were going through the loss. I'm kind of just, I'm kind of just joking, but true. I mean, if we had these points, had these elements in our life active, we wouldn't have to spend so much time running around in circles. So the loss of vision often comes with the loss of hope. I had many times and seasons, like I said earlier, where I've been at this space, not just want to give up, in, 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 in what I was doing, but also just feel like I've lost vision. I've lost hope. And these seasons are short for me because I feel like I, I have an understanding of how to get back. And, you know, like I said, Colossians 3 verse 3, I got to find my real life over and over again, hidden with Christ. If I want to find what God has for me, I have to find him. In finding him, I find me. When I find me, I find him. It's this amazing cyclical reality that we all are called to go through as a leader. When we lose vision, the only way we can get it back is to talk to the one who has the most vision. And it's Jesus because he has great vision for your life. More vision than you could even handle. His plans are big. They're great. They're grand for you. So if you want vision, if you've lost hope, Find Mr. Hope himself because he'll give you a big dose of vision. We know Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Another scripture in Proverbs, I won't uh, go through it right now, but there's a scripture in Proverbs where it says, Where there is no vision, people will perish. Or the, the word is where there is no prophetic vision, prophetic insight, people will perish or cast off restraint. 
other words, I could translate it like people will walk boundaryless with no parameters, no guardrails. It's like driving on a cliffside with no guardrail. One wrong turn and you're falling off the cliff to destruction. That's what happens when there is no vision. And there's no vision because hope has been deferred and the heart, the spiritual heart is sick. And if this stays too long, if you live in this space too long, it's very dangerous for your physical health. And so this is why it's so important that we get tools as leaders when we're leading through loss, especially in a season where mental health concerns and issues are at an all-time high right now, where addiction or suicide are at an all-time high right now around the world because of these lockdowns, because of these quarantines. And really, I would say this, it's not just because of those things. The quarantine, the lockdown has simply just magnified some of what was already there. Maybe there was already restlessness. There was already dissatisfaction with life. There was already deeply rooted discouragement, despair. Relationships weren't as strong as they thought they were. Really, seasons like this simply just magnify. And this is a hard thing to hear sometimes as a leader, but you can handle it because you're a leader. Sometimes these seasons just simply magnify the fragility and the cracks in the foundation of our life. Good news, good news though, is that I believe that we can always, always get better from it, not stay bitter. But the winning attitude that I want to say for this point, when we go through a loss of vision, the winning attitude is God wants to give us a hopelessness to healing attitude, a hopelessness to healing. Let this season of the loss of vision where the hope has been deferred, you feel sick in your spirit. You just feel like you don't want to move on. Let this be a season of healing where God can heal you and heal your leadership in areas maybe he never could before, not because he can't, but because you weren't aware and weren't open to let him do it. But now that it's been revealed, now that you've been made aware of it because of this pandemic, because of what you're going through, now we can get in and fix the cracks. Now we can get in and fix the fragility and create stability once again. I hope this encourages you. I hope this encouraged you today. I'm believing that you're going to become a better leader through seasons of loss moving forward because you have some new new tools in your supernatural leadership tool belt moving forward. My hope and my heart for you is that everything in this season that's coming at you would be something that that becomes something of advantage to you and that you would leverage the loss, not just live in the liability of it. Let's do a quick review, some takeaways for today. Um, Number one, when we go through loss, we often go through a loss of identity, but the winning attitude to move through that is having a grieving to gaining attitude. Remember, we ultimately find our identity in Christ, but I'm talking about the realizations that often comes that come with losing in life, we realize that there's other things that we were actually finding identity in and value and worth in. And so we go through this, but the winning attitude, the antidote to it is having a grieving to gaining attitude. Number two, uh, second point, second thing I want to highlight, we highlighted today was the loss of confidence. We don't just lose identity. We lose, uh, we lose confidence as well. And this is often because we lose loyalty in the process, people betrayal, things happen. And the winning attitude to overcome this is to become better, not bitter. Number three, 
Number three, we go through the loss of momentum. This is where we feel stuck, want to throw in the towel. But the antidote for this is to turn the mess into a new momentum because sometimes your current momentum is not capable of bringing you into your new momentum, the the greater momentum, the greater harvest. Number four, we then go through a loss of vision. This often comes with the loss of hope. But God wants to give you an attitude of hopelessness to healing, hopelessness to healing. I think uh, we have to remember in this season, there is always hope on the other side. There's always hope on the other side. Remember, we don't just lose just because something is wrong. We lose sometimes because something is actually right. My prayer for you is that in this season, you would become the supernatural leader you were always created to be. Little activation for you. I want you to take some time personally and write down areas where you've lost identity in this last season, areas where you've lost confidence, where you've lost momentum, and areas where you've lost vision. And I want you to write that down. And then I want you to write, spend some time for 30 minutes this week or next week. I want you to spend 30 minutes for all four of them, not each, but 30 minutes total. So that's whatever, divide that by by four. 30 minutes for four of them and asking God um, how you can position yourself to have a grieving to gaining attitude, become better, not bitter, a mess to momentum attitude and a hopelessness to healing experience in this next season. And I want you to write some stuff down that God shows you about your leadership, what he's going to do in you in the next season, how you're going to walk through this with him, because without him, there's no supernatural. He is what takes your natural and makes it super. Thank you so much for listening to our supernatural leadership podcast, where we want to see the leader within you become a little more supernatural. See you next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.